0: Welcome, Thought Leaders.
1: I'm Beck Sands.
0: I'm Andres Lopez Varela, and you're listening to The Thought Leader Show.
1: If you're an ambitious professional, exec, CEO, or business owner looking to grow your personal brand and become a thought leader, you're in the right
0: place. We'll bring you inspiring chats with people who use their personal brand to create successful careers or businesses and become thought leaders in their field.
1: We'll also talk through some of the practical steps
0: and must-dos that you can action to build your own personal brand. And this is what we're most excited about. You're going to see how being a thought leader gives you the opportunity to help others and support people to realise their goals. A
1: personal brand might sound self-serving, but we're here to show you how it can actually have a positive impact on you, your community, and who knows, maybe even the world. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leader Show. So, so excited to have you here. Uh, Today I am going to be interviewing Andres about (laughs) about his personal brand and how he has built and grown this uh, throughout his career, which has spanned, what, 15 years?
0: I think 58 years is more accurate. That's what it feels like. It feels like 58 years.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, starting in PR, where we met, uh, and I guess, yeah, spanning through to now where he leads uh, a content marketing agency.
0: That's right. I'm really happy to have this chat. I mean, it's my turn now. you got your turn to tell the world uh, your story, <laughs> and I get my turn now. So I'm very much looking forward to that.
1: My turn to uh, return the favor. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We'll see. You said I was a pretty hard interviewer after the last time, so let's see if um, let's <laughs> you see. Were if... Tough. Your questions were
1: tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let's see if you can't get your sixty minutes on, hey.
1: One hundred percent. Okay. Well, let's get started with how you would describe your personal brand in a sentence.
0: This is such a hard question to answer, uh, and it's proved a hard question for our guests as well. Um, I would say. My personal brand, in one sentence, is not too serious, warm, technical, and nerdy. That's how I would describe my personal brand. Not too serious, smart, warm, technical, and nerdy. And cats. Yes, sorry, apologies. And cats. Always and cats, basically. All the cats. And baking. Sure, yeah. I mean, now we're getting into personal interests, so... Uh, I'm not sure that's part of personal brand, but I think that the reason why I chose those words um, and strung them together into a sentence was because I feel like my personal brand is very much entwined, is very much a combination of my professional and personal self. And I've, I guess over the years, been increasingly deliberate about that. Uh, I used to be sort of, um, I guess very kind of buttoned down um with my personal brand and with my um you know thoughts and things that I would share and over time I've decided deliberately to make it a bit more fast and loose because honestly that's who I am um and uh you know not I mean fast and loose might be taking it to the extreme but certainly I do like a little bit of casualness and I like to not take myself too seriously uh, and I want that to come through because honestly I really, really honestly think the work that I do is frankly not like that serious. Like we're not saving lives. We're not building bridges. We're not, you know, running the reserve bank or whatever, like I'm marketing, I'm doing marketing stuff. And so from that point of view, I just want it to seem like, you know, fun. And, you know, while I do take the responsibility seriously, of marketing, you know, because it can influence people's behavior. It can influence their well being, um, you know, positively or negatively, depending on the work that you do. Um, I also think that it's okay to not take yourself seriously. I, I'm sort of the antithesis. I like to think I try to be the antithesis of all those really serious marketing types who are like always talking about marketing stuff on LinkedIn, basically.
1: Agreed. And I think that's why. Uh, people love working with you right like I know that I loved working with you Um, (laughs) you know I know that uh, your colleagues love working with you and you're just a fun guy to work with but you're also really good at what you do and I think that that kind of shines through um, in your personal brand and whether you're doing like speaking events uh, or anything like that like I think you do kind of infuse that sense of fun and that sense of personality into uh, into your content, into the way that you do things, because you're right. It shouldn't be so serious. Like we are doing creative work. We're doing marketing work. Um, we're not, you know, in a, in the emergency department of a hospital, like it doesn't need to be so, um, so serious. And so I think that, you know, people in our industry, I think can, you know, take things a little bit too seriously, and it can get pretty stressful. I know, and so you know, I think that it is refreshing when someone is really good at what they do, but then is also having a bit of fun. So, yeah, I love that. Descri- yeah, I love that you've described your personal brand that way, and I would so agree. I think that that definitely shines through, um, through the work that you do and you know every touch point that you put out there into the world. Um, I was
0: going to say that I think the, the sort of the sense of fun and the humor, I guess is also um you know like i said it was a deliberate move for me to be more sort of like you know fast and loose if you like um with my personal brand because i think that humor also helps people like when i'm trying to teach something or speaking on a topic or sharing knowledge that is a little bit disarming and so even if you don't know me or maybe you don't initially like me or you can't relate to me that humor is a really good technique to open up your mind and open up your heart to you know what i have to share and potentially find great utility and use in it so humor is a really wonderful um you know uh, technique uh for those of us that are teaching stuff sometimes um and sharing knowledge it really sort of helps to helps to kind of grease the wheels so to speak
1: so good. So good. Thank you for sharing that. So I was going to ask you, what are some of the deliberate steps you've grown to, to, you've taken to grow your personal brand over the years? Cause I know that you've had a, like a very varied career. You started in PR agencies, and then you went uh, in-house into that global role, global content role at Tourism Australia, and then you became a consultant, like what I'm doing, and now you're running an agency. So, you kind of, you have had a quite a varied marketing career.
0: I mean, it sounds like a mess, right? It sounds like a shit show, but uh, I guess... Um- <laughs> I mean, like... You Isn't know. everyone's? Yeah, sure, absolutely, yeah. I, I think, though, I would separate my career from my personal brand, right? Um, and and I would say that, um, yes, my career has sort of been... I've never sort of had a master plan I guess Um, and uh, I'm okay with that I'm happy with that you know because I've sort of always looked at the opportunity the next opportunity maybe two steps down the road and looked at what I could do and make the most of what I had at the time Um, you know always progressing but never really sort of in a fixed uh, you know um, path Um, so that's my career but my personal brand like I said I have been quite deliberate about the way I have uh, evolved that over the years first you know There's the kind of moment of the realization of, oh, should I have a personal brand, whether I choose to create it or not, Um, you know, whether I actually create that perception. I think in your chat when we had this conversation, you talked a lot about how personal brand is how you want others to perceive you. And so um, I very much resonate with that because I think people were perceiving me a certain way and i wanted to be perceived differently um and so i really you know particularly after my um first stint in agency uh probably like i want to say maybe like seven years in agency after that first stint i really felt like um i was really struggling to um fill out this kind of identity as sort of a grown-up professional serious kind of you know Consultant or, or you know, um, agency peep, um, and so I was like, that doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel like it's got enough of me in it. Feels like I'm sort of really kind of going against the grain in some ways. Like um, you
1: couldn't, you couldn't get promoted into senior roles with that kind of more junior perception.
0: Yes, I think that was my perception that I had to be quite sort of straight laced in order to get those more senior roles. Uh, but then. Um, after that first stint in agency, and I did go and work in-house, um, where actually in quite a sort of earnest organization, um, I th- that then felt to me like the wrong approach. And so, because everyone was kind of like trying to be serious and expert and, and you know, like, you know, f- seem official and whatnot. Um, and so I was like, well, fuck that. I don't want to be seen like exactly the same as all these people. I want to be different. I want to look uh, and appear and and, and and be perceived as someone who is talented and good at what they do, but also has uh some more kind of empathy and warmth about them, and you know who really has um uh, a commitment to the people that 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 he works with to treat them well, I guess, uh, and also make sure that those personal relationships um develop along with the work relationships because that is how I thought this is a way that I can build my personal brand is actually just by talking to people one-on-one, getting to know them, be quite sort of honest and candid with them about the work and also about, you know, the connection maybe between the two of us, uh, and sort of help that sort of brand to grow one-on-one in a sense, uh, but then over time snowball into something bigger. And so that was one of the most deliberate steps that I took while I was in house um it's also i guess um served me well i guess when i when i had my what i now call my career sabbatical uh when i was consulting and uh and freelancing for a few years um because that's all about personal relationships you know right if you don't have good personal relationships with people you know people might not recommend you you might not get word of mouth referrals and so it sort of becomes more challenging so um that was a a good way for me to leverage that into that phase of my, of my life slash career. Um, and then the last couple of years working in agency and now running uh, storyation. Um, I, I think certainly I have really kind of crystallized my personal brand around that sort of um, bit more sort of like human, humorous, warm, people first kind of uh, approach um, and I've been lucky to have um, managers that have supported that in particular uh, and that have allowed me to rub some of that flavor on the work that the agency does as a whole, but also to give me opportunities and the latitude to go and um, teach what I think is valuable and important from an industry standpoint at conferences and events and um you know, like on webinars and, you know, to talk about that stuff on social media as well. Um, and so that has really kind of been a, um, a consolidation of the journey that I started maybe like eight years ago. Uh, it's really sort of, you know, refined and sharpened into that now.
1: I love that you have that human element in your personal brand because I think even if people pretend that they don't and they're all like, I'm just going to be full corporate, full professional, never discuss anything personal or just not have that, you know, personality. I think like, you know, everyone does have that really like in some way or form. Yeah. So they're just kind of concealing that. And I think that more and more in today's world, we want to see your personality. Like we don't want to just Um, be conversing like you know like it's AI
0: (laughs) yeah I mean uh, and and obviously it can be quite hard to tell now if you're conversing with AI but also it's just boring like I mean how boring if you are just the job and the subject matter like oh for god's sake like how boring and honestly people aren't really going to be that compelled or attracted to you so I think that you know understanding that you know to your point that humanity does help persuade and attract and engage people um in your personal brand and the stuff you want to share um also understanding that it's going to repel some people hey like actually some people are going to feel put off by that and they're going to be like oh this guy's a little bit too fast and loose why does he swear in his presentations what does he think who does he think he is um you know like all the cats honestly and so um i've had that feedback before like i've had feedback what a nerd yeah people have i've had that feedback before like uh, I, I i've you know had good feedback about the present this was great so useful really helpful but too many cats very distracting the cats um but that is just you know fine you know you're not gonna you're not gonna make friends with everyone right um and i think you know some of the conversations we've had on on the show so far with people talking about the fact that they may or may not um, you know resonate with some people and that actually that's part of the journey isn't it like that's part of the thought leader journey is to understand that some of the time some of the people we will absolutely be repelled by you and you'll make them throw up in their mouth and that is okay
1: 100% and I think that you know we can definitely kind of fear that. Um, more than is warranted because regardless of whether you're building your personal brand or not, you're still going to get that. You know, people are still, some people will not resonate with you. Some people will be, like you said, completely repelled by you. Um, Some people will outwardly like dislike you. Um, And I know like if you're listening to this, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like I I feel like um, it was Reese Witherspoon that said that, you know, it's a third and a third and a third. So a third of people will absolutely love you and champion your work a third of people will just be ambivalent so like eh, don't really care and a third of people will like outright dislike you and classic you're... race, classic race. <laughs> but that really resonated with me because i was like actually that's so true and i think that the the goal of wanting to make everyone like you is so impossible but it is something i think particularly as women we challenge we're we're challenged with um you know I know men are challenged with it too but I think women particularly take that to another level and I know I personally have been such a people pleaser in the past and it's just like you're not going to please everyone right
0: you're not and obviously you know if your aim is to please everyone then you don't really have a personal brand all you have is Smoke and mirrors, I guess, really, nothing of substance. And that's quite the opposite of a personal brand. The smoke and mirrors perception of a personal brand that you're like an influencer or a celebrity and, you know, there's just something about you, there's this air of like impenetrable mystique or whatever. That's not thought leadership. That is celebrity. It's not thought leadership. It's very, very different. And the risk is that, you know, the, the fickleness of your audience, particularly on the internet, can come and you know bite you in the ass because you're not actually standing for something specific and concrete and meaningful, and that's really the difference. That's the core difference, right? Reese, as usual, is right. You can't please everyone. You should name two, um, but also you should be very clear and aware that actually um, that is a key part of of building a personal brand and then using it for good as well, because you can always then help influence, you know, change and. You know, positive. You know, things in the world based on, on the fact that you do stand for something rather than just being, you know, like wishy washy or whatever.
1: I love that you said that because I think that a big part of building a personal brand is sharing what your values are. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that people want to get to know you like who you are as a person and what your values are to know whether or not they resonate with you right um and so the more you can share your own personality in your personal brand and your own values um the more that you can kind of build that group of connections around you the people that do resonate with you the people that do align with your values and i really believe that those are the people that we, we want to work with right in our life those are the people we want to surround ourselves with the people that do have kind of the similar values not to say that you know these people shouldn't come from every single diverse walk of life possible but just that you know the people that share similar values so like you know if it is authenticity if it is like you know having fun when you're growing your personal brand and building your career you know it's people that resonate with those values as well So good. So good. Thank you so much. So I'm going to move.
0: I like how you tell me thank you. It's like I kind of have to be here. It's kind of my show. So um, that's okay. (laughs) But but thank you for the thank you, I guess. I love being here, to be honest. But um, it's nice to be acknowledged.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. You're welcome. I don't even know what to say now. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing great. Okay, cool, cool. Thanks. Thanks for the feedback. Um <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs>
1: okay. What does thought leadership mean to you?
0: I think it means um kind of what I what what, what I was just talking about. It talks it, it it is I think it's useful to um define it in um you know in opposition to, to what it isn't, right? Because it can be many different things. Mm. Um it can be it can be it can come to life in many different ways. I think what it is not is celebrity. It's not an aura of sort of like, you know, um, magic and sort of, you know, this kind of mesmerizing sort of like, Oh, who are they? What are they about? I'm so sort of drawn to that, you know, like that's for Academy Award winning actors, right? Um, Maybe it's for socialites and things as well. I don't know, but I think it is definitely not celebrity. It is something earnest. It is something honest. Uh, And it is something that is, I think, um, done for the right reasons, where you're sharing knowledge about something you do or something you found out or the way you do things for the benefit of others to improve the overall standard in a particular community, right? Um, In a particular person, individual's life, uh, and maybe, you know, depending on the scope of your thought leadership, you know, maybe like the world, right? Um, although that's probably reserved for a few of us, like Barack Obama's in that group, right? Um, and I think that that is what thought leadership is. It's about honestly, earnestly, candidly sharing your hard-earned knowledge and lessons in a way that might help others in a non-judgmental way, in a non-patronizing, kind of patronizing, you listen to me, you, you better listen to this properly. It's kind of saying, hey, here's this stuff that I found out that I've learned over time, hard learned lessons uh, and you know, maybe you'd like to take this on board uh, and save yourself the hurt or the pain or the difficulty or the time or the anxiety or the shittiness of learning this stuff. And I think that that is thought leadership and that's actually why I think it's such a cool thing because it's like sharing fucking nuggets of wisdom for free, no strings attached and where there's a clear value exchange. Um, you know, between the person sharing that and the and the people and the people getting it, that that is thought leadership. Maybe that's thought leadership at its best, I guess. Maybe it might not be thought leadership all the time, but that is my Platonic ideal of thought leadership. I think.
1: I absolutely love that definition of thought leadership, and I think that that is. Really, the crux of what we're talking about, right? When we're talking about building your personal brand as a thought leader, it's about, you know, sharing your knowledge so that you can actually make positive change in the world, being really generous with that knowledge, like coming yes, from it. So generous how very you important. can help? Yeah. Like how can you help your audience? It's not about you. Um, you know, what how can you share, like you said, that really hard-earned knowledge um that you have fought so hard for in order to make the world a better place in some in some way, in order to make someone's life better in some way. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here.
0: It doesn't need to be the the world. I mean, I, I just use that example because I think that's thought leadership at its best, but it could just be a community. It could be like maybe it's your local community, maybe it's a community of like, you know, like minded people, maybe it's a professional community. But it's really about sort of, you know, contributing, paying paying that sort of back, I guess, to the community. Paying it back, I think is a really important aspect as well.
1: Well, it could even be your team. So if you are building yeah, your personal yeah, brand totally. um, as, you know, a thought leader in your industry, I mean, you know, it, you can even go back and listen to the interview we did with libitsa Radicic about, uh, you know, how she's built her personal brand and how that supports her team. So, yes, you know, her a she's one. a leader yeah, like she's a leader with her team. And so it doesn't even need to necessarily be, um, like I said, in in a public platform, but it could just be that you're the thought leader within your team or your, you know, your client um, base and you are being the leader there and you're helping to, you know, translate your knowledge into something that can benefit them. So good. What, Uh, mindset have you adopted to build your personal brand and what obstacles have you had to overcome?
0: I think the mindset is honestly one that was like, has changed throughout my, my life. Um, Mainly it's been about sort of putting it more and more in alignment with my personal values and personal beliefs and personal priorities. Uh, Like I said, I'm very keen on blending my personal and professional I'm not so much one of these um, people who make a choice. And it's, you know, it's, it's a valid choice um, to have a very specific professional way of being and a separate personal way of being. Personally, that's not my preference. I just like to have the one. It's too confusing or hard to keep track of who's who otherwise. Um, that's been the mindset that I've adopted is sort of always bringing it closer and closer and closer and more in alignment with my personal values and beliefs. And, um, you know, I don't think it's a journey that ever, you know, ends as such, but I think certainly um, it's something that can sort of become um, easier as you get older and as you have more experience doing it because you realise when you're kind of out of alignment with that stuff. Um, I think some of the obstacles I had to overcome, and I think I'm probably still trying to overcome these today, is the fact that um, I don't necessarily kind of fit the. I don't think I fit the mould necessarily of someone who is kind of successful in my industry um and i think that you know when i look around i look at a lot of legacy marketers as i call them people that have been in the industry for like decades and decades and decades um <clears throat> they're still dominated by certain kind of like um characteristics and i know that you know as an industry we like are more patriarchal diverse. sorry patriarchal not always i think actually you know i, I i've seen and i know a lot of leading women in particular in marketing who um well i guess maybe in some ways they've adopted more of those kind of you know i guess masculine traits or whatever but that's that's i think you know what i'm thinking of more than anything is that um the the experience i guess um and and the path that people have chosen very linear and well-trodden where people will sort of work in agencies or in junior roles and then they'll sort of lead build up to positions of leadership in those agencies they'll go in-house and then they'll kind of like you know effectively do the in-house circuit right um and that's something that i don't really think is super valuable i think that working in-house is is fine i think if you if you think that you've gotten to a point in your career where as a marketer working in-house is sort of the bee's fucking knees then i think you've lost touch with the 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 potential to learn new and different things um in an agency or consultancy setting um and so i think that that certainly is you know one area that i'm really passionate about and you know that's like that that route that i mentioned is not necessarily the case for everyone um but it's certainly when you go to conferences and you sort of see events and you read books and articles those are the kind of people that are kind of um uh quoted right um and certainly i think uh, having an ethnic name uh doesn't help you know because it is quite ethnic it's got accents and and a and a hyphen and everything um and so i think that's also sort of a small challenge although not not something you know i'm very aware that there are other people and other groups that have experienced far greater um you know i guess discrimination or whatever in their in this industry because of their um their 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 sort of you know alignment with a particular community or, or minority uh but certainly i think you know that's been one of my biggest obstacles is it, not necessarily kind of you know treading that sort of well-worn legacy path and i think over time generationally that path gets less and less well trodden and my hope is certainly that you know maybe not our generation but a couple of generations down the line uh can actually um you know, share success with more diverse perspectives um, rather than always kind of looking up to the same kind of person. Um, and I think that's really been sort of the main major obstacle that I've always been, aw- at least the one that I've been aware of most of my uh, career.
1: Well, I think you've definitely kind of tra- you know made a non-traditional kind of marketer um, successful, like you've you've become successful despite the fact that you are, I guess, a you know, quote unquote, non traditional kind of marketer, um, which is amazing. Well done. Thanks, <laughs> thanks.
0: That's nice. What a great boost. Um,
1: I feel like with uh, the mindset piece, you um, came from a very different background to me in terms of you were always quite a confident speaker. You did debating in high school. High school
0: kind debater. Of- high school musical. <laughs> uh, uh, star uh, maybe not star maybe that's too much but yes uh, I did like to tread the odd board
1: you were used to the stage <laughs> yeah absolutely can, can I ask though like how has that served you have you still had to overcome challenges around doing like bigger and bigger speaking events and things like that for example
0: I've always enjoyed speaking in front of people um, it's never freaked me out uh, I think it's very odd that's very odd certainly from you know, what you hear and what we've talked about with people you know on this show um i don't think it was like a natural talent if you like you know like 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 it wasn't something that i was born with you know like like i wasn't like you know the 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 pele of public speaking or something um <laughs> i think i just always enjoyed it i just i just i really enjoyed the performative aspect of it and i think that I still think of it as a performance. I don't really think of it as like a new business pitch or a client meeting or a a, a keynote speech or a workshop. I just think of it as a performance. And I think but like maybe being
1: yourself in that performance.
0: Uh interestingly, Beck, I would say not being myself in that performance. Not 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 totally not being myself, not like adopting a different character, you know, called like, you know, Skippy McGee or something, but like actually going what do i need to dial up in this situation and sometimes you do need to dial up the gravitas sometimes you do need to dial up the humor sometimes you need to dial up the empathy but understanding that every situation has a different requirement um and i think that's maybe why i enjoy it personally because to me it feels like a fun challenge to kind of identify and hit those beats um in those performances and um I think that, that really makes a difference in terms of making me feel comfortable in those situations because I just enjoy that challenge rather than actually thinking of it as like, oh my God, I've got to be myself and what if people don't like me? Like, I, I don't feel like that. I feel like, what do I need to hit here with this group? How do I kind of understand? How do I get through to them, you know? Um, and so uh, I sort of try and deploy my, 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 um, my sort of, you know, set of different tools and tactics to do that. And I think that's probably why I I enjoy it um because it's sort of like it feels like a fun kind of little challenge or game for me and I don't really attach two higher stakes to it. Maybe if I did think about the higher stakes it would, you know, make me shoot my pants or something.
1: <laughs> um, so is it like kinda like do you have like an alter ego? Like, you know, that the Todd Herman book?
0: Oh, the alter ego effect, yeah. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I thought maybe for a while that could be something that I could do, but like I said, I think it's it's just about understanding what aspects you want to dial up and down. So, you know, I think that, that um, you know, going, well, this needs to be, you know, this audience, this situation needs to be really funny. This audience, this situation needs to be, you know, quite serious. This audience, this situation, you know, needs a lot of patience and empathy. Like those, like understanding that I think helps a lot um, you know, I think when you start out a presentation and if you're not sure of the context, then you should be yourself as much as possible. And then as you go, try and figure out sort of where you need to get to. And I mean, God, that takes practice. Like literally it takes practice. It takes like decades and decades of practice.
1: Well, it's like emotional intelligence, right? Like being able to read the room, being able to figure out what people want. Yeah, I guess um, so, yeah. And, and like, you know, just people that are, are feeling like artificial intelligence is going to take over their jobs. Like, I think this uh, is a really good most conversation. Of gonna, most
0: of us are going to be fine. I think most mm-hmm. of us are going to be absolutely
1: <laughs> fine. Yeah. AI definitely can't do that. All right. The Thought Leader 5. Let's get on yes, that. I've
0: been waiting for this.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite book or podcast?
0: My favorite podcast is The Off Menu Podcast it is a awesome podcast it's been around now for a few years it's not new i'm not like revealing anything new to to anyone but it is a podcast where um two comics ask their guests you know other comics actors chefs um active like any random you know um you know quote unquote famous people some of them are actually thought leaders um uh what they dream meal would be you know what their what their favorite thing they want to eat like like a dream meal that, that they want to eat once in their life and it's hilarious and the format is so so good um but also sometimes it can be really poignant um and it's sort of it's about food as a memory and food as a conduit for emotion and that's something that really speaks to me personally
1: cool and we'll link to that in the show notes as yeah, well gosh
0: they'll need that link yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you do to unwind and relax?
0: I like to play games. I've always been a gamer. Um, And so that is one area that I really like to embrace. And actually, the older I get, and you know this well, the less time, free time that I have, the harder it is to find time to do that. But when I do, I find that really... um, restorative for me it's like you know some people like to read books right um for me that's kind of the same thing sort of escaping into a different world and and, and this is something that i really really love
1: so good and we just we just got you a new playstation right
0: <laughs> recently we did yeah 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 hopefully hopefully you can actually get into the, playing this one
1: i oh, know we haven't had a lot of time what's your tra- your dream travel destination
0: iceland i was actually really disappointed that you didn't say iceland
1: I do want to go. Actually, yeah, I want to yeah. go I check out the Blue said,
0: Lagoon. You said Bora Bora or something? Maldives. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Iceland. 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 Any part of Iceland. If if Iceland would like to come sponsor us or you know give us some <laughs> sort of partnership to do like a tour, we would love to do Icelandic thought leaders. Please hit us up in the comments.
1: I also want to go to Greece and Canada. Just FYI, just putting it out there. Right.
0: <laughs> Let the podcast people know. Great.
1: <laughs> uh, chocolate or cheese.
0: Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. It's only chocolate. At the end of the night, it should be chocolate. It should be sweet. It should be dessert kind of vibe. Cheese, fine. Afterwards, afterwards, chocolate.
1: Mm, I like that. After. Chocolate. Chocolate then cheese. Okay. In summary, chocolate. <laughs> What's one golden nugget of advice for our listeners?
0: I think, um, uh, at the risk of uh, upsetting people, I think I would say my golden nugget is to be afraid, be afraid, not terrified, but be aware and be alert, right? When you're doing your thought leadership and your personal brand stuff. Why? Because I think it makes you better over time. If you're aware and alert and you're conscious of what you're doing, I think that that really helps. It makes you better. It gives you more purpose it feels like you're actually, the stakes are, 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 you know, worth something. And, you know, you put more of your heart and soul into it. If you do stuff, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun, and occasionally, and, you know, I'm not going to worry about anything, and, you know, I don't care if people like it or not, then I think that, you know, that's only a hobby, really. Um, and you're not really contributing that much to people's lives and to 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 their growth whether professionally or personally so i would say be slightly afraid take the responsibility seriously because you can do a lot of good you can do so much good with the knowledge that you have with the thoughts that you have um and and by sharing your experience with others so embrace that responsibility and take it (laughs) take it not a lot seriously but a little seriously and be conscious of the fact that what you're doing could have a really strong impact on someone. And that's an amazing gift. That's an amazing opportunity. So be a little bit afraid, not too afraid, but just enough to keep you honest and keep you committed, I'd say.
1: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being here on our podcast for letting me interview you. Thank
0: you. (laughs) You are pretty good too, 60 Minutes.
1: Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoy this and please share it with your friends and leave us a
0: review. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Thought Leader Show.
1: If you enjoyed this chat, we'd love you to share the episode with someone you think might want to hear it and leave us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more information about my work, visit becksands.com and connect with me on
0: socials. And you can connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn. See you next time, Thought Leaders. Okay Tony, thank you. It's like I kind of have to be here. It's kind of my show, so um that's okay, but but thank you for the thank you, I guess. I love being here to be honest, but um it's nice to be acknowledged.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. I don't even know what to say now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great.
1: Okay, cool cool. Thanks. Thanks for the feedback. Um <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for that.